0: Yay though I walk through the valley of the shadow of Tony, I shall fear no mute button. For Perry, Monica, Courtney, and Clinton are with me. My cup overfloweth with questions of fairness. After an ejection fest in Brooklyn, are the refs officially doing too much? And did the Warriors do enough to keep hope alive? And are we gonna get to the NFL's latest gambling crackdown? You bet. Let's go around the board.
1: I love the cover. Take him to church, reverend. The doors of the church are open. I know, in her (laughs) Sunday (laughs) suit.
0: All right, happy Friday to you. Tony is auditioning for the community theater revival of the Johnny Cash musical. And so you get me, L. Duncan, matching a popular greeting here in New York. What up, son? I'm going to get these puns off. Somebody stop me. Let's get started. They say you can't go home again. And thankfully for Golden State, they did a place that they win. Their most complete game of the year. And they did it without Draymond Green, who's serving a suspension for channeling his inner Kirk Franklin. Stomp. (laughs) Steph says that they gave themselves life, but down two games to one to the Kings. Monica... Are the Warriors just delaying the inevitable, or did last night show you something?
1: Well, I won't say that they're delaying the inevitable L, but last night didn't really show me anything either. They were playing, oh, what's that place where they play well all the time? The Chase Center, their home arena, a place where they're top five in defensive rating compared to being in the bottom quadrant of the league when they go on the road. I wasn't surprised. This is a group that has leadership that has knows what to do with or without Draymond Green, and they wanted to avenge his loss. So I wasn't surprised, but I'm not sure they've exercised all their demons on the road. And this thing still is home advantage to the Kings. All right, Clinton?
2: What I saw from the Kings was a team that if they play a bad game, they'll probably lose in the playoffs. That's how that works. You don't shoot good percentage from the floor. You don't shoot a good percentage from three. It's going to be difficult to beat the Warriors overall. At no point in this game did I think the Kings were going to win. It was one of those kind of deals. And overall, I think that we talk about Draymond being missing and so forth. I thought what Steph said made the most sense. He said, he's got a reputation. So do we in terms of history. And he reminded you of the reason why he's the guy that's had so many games or he's hit more than five threes and scored more than 30 points in the NBA because, hello, they are the dynasty of our time and the Kings who just got here still have to play well in order to
3: beat them night in and night
0: yeah, out Harry didn't anybody didn't think they were going to go down three games to none in this series did you see something from the Warriors here
3: I saw that four-time championship pedigree, right? You are missing Draymond Green, one of your best defenders. And also, Gary Payton's second was not playing last night either. So being down those two guys is not nothing, even if they are playing at home. The thing that I thought was impressive, which was Kavon Looney reminding everybody, hey, I am also a reason why we won this championship last year. Not only did he do his usual production, he also gave you Draymond's production. He had 20 rebounds, nine of them were offensive. The team was 9-for-9 scoring on his passes for 23 points. And he gave you what you needed in that moment. And, of course, Steph Curry reminded you why he's at worst one of the ten best players to ever play basketball.
0: Courtney, what did you see last
4: night? Harry's right. Looney was the biggest takeaway for me in this game because think about what he and Draymond Green were doing in games one and two. They split their minutes on DeMontis Sabonis. He got all of those minutes on uh, Thursday night and frustrated Sabonis. It wasn't a great night for him. He turned the ball over a bunch of times. And I think what you get with Looney is someone who's really important for them on the interior and it got them out of a bind the same way it did game six against Memphis last year. The game where Draymond had a really awful performance against Boston in the finals, and Looney did it on a night where he sco- where he had nine offensive boards, nine assists, fourth player since the NBA-ABA merger to have those figures in a playoff game, joining some pretty elite company with Charles Barkley, Magic
0: Johnson, and Nikola Jokic. I've just always wanted to hit that button and put numbers around you. Well done, Courtney. <laughs> I want to go back to you, though, Monica. I mean, the Kings shot their worst field goal percentage of the entire season, and they did it, as we mentioned, without... Well, the Warriors' two best defenders, what do they look like when Draymond comes back into the fold?
1: Well, honestly, I think this thing looks a lot like it did in games one and two in terms of it being pretty even. Stylistically, the Kings attack everything that the Warriors have struggled to do. They get out and they score a bunch of points. They put the pressure on in transition, and they've been physical with this Warriors squad. The edge in this is going to go back to what uh, Yates said. This is or Lyle's actually said it, my bad. This team has won four championships, and so experience shines through. But I'm still not impressed with the way they've been able to show up on the road just yet. I'm going to take a point off for
0: misidentifying the panelists. Uh, oh, man. But I I I, I want to go there with you though, Harry. Uh and, and Clinton as well. Either one of you can weigh in since you're basically the same person according to Monica. <laughs> How do we know anything until this team can win something on the road? They were at home. They win there. They don't win on the road, Harry?
3: I think that you need to see them play a little bit more controlled. The one thing that was different last night that we did not see in Game 1 and 2 was they actually protected the basketball. There were a lot of crazy turnovers, not protecting the ball. We know this Warriors team has always been known for their ball movement and how that's been one of the more impressive parts of their game. You need to see that in that hectic atmosphere when they go back to Sacramento. Otherwise, yes, that is something that is still a concern with them. Yates, you get the final word. Can I just add a little something to what Curry said as well? There was a tinge
2: of... Maybe we don't need Draymond to do this, and if he's going to be acting like a bozo in front of the commissioner, then maybe it's time to go to town. But they did it without him. It was a good job.
0: Not, Ooh. okay, not a single person thinks they don't need Draymond Green at all. Clinton, stop. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Down five as we move on. (laughs) With just over two minutes to go, the Sixers went Tyrese maximum overdrive. An 11-1 run to end the game with the Nets and a commanding 3-0 series lead. But this game was about the extras, baby. James Harden, having his best game of the series, ejected for a little love tap. Below, in (laughs) Not ejected at all, though, for this. How, Sway? But a flex and a stare down from Nick Claxton hit the showers, sir. His first career ejection. Harry, did the refs get these three calls right?
3: I think they got two out of three of them right, at least in my book. The first one, I think, was the most ejection-worthy thing, which was the Joel Embiid kick. However, I personally do not want to see the MVP the or the eventual MVP get kicked out of a playoff game. I know it was there. It was on the line. He made contact. It's a bad look. I just don't want to see it. The second one, Harden, the push. Look, man, I think that is a typical move, not just of him, of most guards in the NBA. I think that Royce O'Neal sold it a little bit more. And because Embiid was not ejected for his, Harden had to pay for his sins. The third, Nick Claxton. Dude, you got away with one earlier in the game when you had your entanglement with Embiid. You have to read the room, bro. Your basket put you guys up six. Just let it go. I think taunting tees are weak. I don't like them. But in the game three, you're at home. You need that game. You've got to tighten up there and not do that.
0: Yeah, bonus points for being messy and weaving in entanglement. Well done, Harry. Courtney, what was your take (laughs) on those three calls from last night?
4: Well, the basketball gods got their revenge on Royce O'Neal for that bozo inbounds play that cost them uh, their last possession at the end of the game because he faked that whole thing. We all know he oversold the groin, uh, the the intensity of James Harden hitting him in the nether regions. And I just, I don't know what a flagrant two is because that one didn't make a whole bunch of sense to Because You have an intentional one where Joel Embiid, I mean, we need to stop stepping over players in the NBA. Maybe that'll prevent all of these things from happening. But you have an intentional one, and then you have an unintentional move from James Harden when he's trying to create, create space between himself and the defender. And Royce O'Neal sells that and deserves an Oscar for his performance. I don't like that the officiating's becoming the center of a lot of these games in the early part of the postseason. I hope that that does not continue going it forward. It looks
0: like, Monica, you are approving your head, you're nodding your head in approval to what Courtney just said.
1: Yeah, and if you're going to make a Love Below reference, let me just point out that the officials in the league have been on a speaker box saying that part of the reason that Draymond got suspended is because he escalated what happened between him and Sabonis. Well, yes, Nick Claxton gets a tech for stepping over Joel Embiid, but he escalated by going for the crown jewels. Joel Embiid should have been tossed out, and then you probably don't get either of the next two calls, frankly. I love that, Monica. Clinton,
0: you're not the one, but you are the prototype. What did you see? <laughs>
2: Get a couple people from Atlanta on the show and all of a sudden they can't stop waffling like Waffle House. Let's get real with it. These were three bad calls. If you watched this game happen on a court that wasn't an NBA one, you wouldn't have called any of them. I don't like the fact that this is taking over playoff games right now. I understand that guys' intentionality matters and so on and so forth, but my guys, this cannot be how this plays out on an NBA court. I didn't think any of this was remarkable beyond the fact that we stared at him on replays for the entire time. I did not enjoy this basketball game. Yeah,
0: when it came to James Harden, though, guys, come on, that was clearly intentional. And also, there's a reason they call him a primary ball handler. Let's move on. <laughs> the snake bit and shorthanded. OK, you guys are all getting points for laughing. Thank you. <laughs> the snake bit and shorthanded Clippers went toe to toe with the Suns in game three last night. Kawhi us. Uh, that's probably Clippers fan. And you can understand why. Devin Booker goes off for 45. The Suns shot 46 free throws. And despite being without Kawhi or Paul George, they only lose by five. Clinton takes stock of this series through the first three games.
2: If I was a Clippers fan, I'd be furious. I mean, you wait seasons upon seasons for these guys to get it together, and then you get sort of a mystery announcement from Kawhi that, oh, he's out again. And it's not necessarily about anybody being at fault. I just feel like we've been... I Maybe mean, perhaps not failed, but disappointed by what this entire thing has been. You can't count on the Clippers without their two best players. I'm sorry. That team might be the deepest in the league, but they're just not good enough to overcome a squad like the Suns. It's hard to give them a chance when they don't have PG in court. I want to
0: apologize to the folks at home. I keep forgetting that I'm hosting and that I have to do the points. So I just sit here and listen, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Catch-up points. Um, <laughs> Harry, where are you at?
3: I think this is a disappointing loss for the Clippers because, obviously, if you're not going to have Kawhi, you have to do almost everything in order to win a game, and they basically did that. You got 20 from Bones Highland. You got a clean 30 from Russell Westbrook. And Norman Powell had 20, or excuse me, 42 points on 15 of 23 shooting, and you still lost that game by five. This series is over, though I will say I have a lot of concern with Phoenix and that lack of depth because if you do win the series and you go on to play Denver, seven games in altitude, and Chris Paul is averaging 37, 38 minutes a game is a huge problem for you. I
0: think Devin Booker's only sat out 12 total minutes in this series so far. They're certainly top-heavy. Courtney, what do you make of the series so far between the Suns and Clippers?
4: I'm worried about Kawhi Leonard and his availability for Game 4. I know that it has been reported that he's day-to-day, but what I make of this is that we know how he's handled injuries before. He's taken a very conservative approach to coming back. He did it with uh, San Antonio. He did it with the Raptors. And now with the Clippers, I don't know if this knee sprain, which Paul George has also been dealing with a knee sprain, we haven't seen him since the end of March. Is Kawhi going to be available for Saturday, given that it's such a quick turnaround, there's a day in between each game going going forward, I think that the Suns have their window to try to close this thing out in five to Harry's points so they can get their guys some rest before they potentially have to play Denver. And Monica, final word to you.
1: I mean, just for you though, Elle, you can give me all the points that you probably will be giving yourself because I'm sure you wouldn't forget to give yourself points, but... When it comes to the basketball of all of this, I don't think that we can write this off just yet. I mean, the Phoenix situation is a little bit fragile. Like, KD had to navigate an ankle or foot injury. Chris Paul's durability has been questioned as of late, and so yes, it certainly sucks for the Clippers, but I think there's still a lot to see here in this particular series. But I would like to plead with the league. Who is doing this schedule? These tips are so late, it's killing me and having two great games on at the same time. What are we doing? Zero chances of making most of those. I'm just saying.
0: Um, All right now. Here are your scores as we go to break. As you can see, they're kind of all over the place. Coming up, we'll figure out how I can get on the board, because I feel like my points have been really good, too. Oh, and I'm betting we've got a really good NFL story as well. Pa Hey! Walk it out!
1: As I slow creep out, I'm just slow. Around the Horn is brought to you by Hotels.com. Find your perfect somewhere.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Seaport. Brought to you by Grey Goose.
0: We've got a big development out of the NFL. The NFL announcing they've suspended five players today for gambling. Four of them Detroit Lions, including former first-round pick wide receiver Jamison Williams. A league investigation uncovered that three of the players bet on NFL games. They'll be suspended indefinitely. As for Williams, he bet on college football. That's legal, but at the team facility, not legal. He'll sit six games. Courtney Cronin, what does the NFL have on its hands here?
4: Well, I'm surprised after Calvin Ridley's extreme suspension for betting on NFL games and on his own team, that more players would not be cautious of trying not to violate the NFL's gambling policy. So the three players who bet on NFL games, they knew what they were doing. The other two, Barry Hill and Williams, were betting on other sports, which is allowed for players. You just can't be on official team grounds. So I don't know how the NFL and the Lions were able to determine that. What the most egregious part of this, though, that's kind of buried is the fact that the Lions had several staff members we don't know if those are coaches or people on the business side football operations what have you several staff members were fired for betting on sports which for NFL personnel very clearly in the gambling policy they are not allowed to bet on the NFL and on any other sport so they kind of did it to themselves I think the NFL has got a really big problem on their hands. Harry?
3: My first thought in this was, if you're the Lions, how frustrated are you? Not just because it was the number of players, but because of the one player, Jamison Williams. You'd trade it up. 20 spots to go get him, and at the very least, he's going to miss 17 games in his first two seasons. They have got to be absolutely frustrated with that, especially with how well they did last year. The other thing that kind of sticks out to me about this is, look, this is collectively bargained. It's not really going to change anything about it, and by any means, the NFL is not going to fumble their bag, the money that they're getting from a lot of these places that allow you to gamble by having scandals in their game. Yates?
2: Yeah, the horse is long out of the barn on this. I remember back when they decided they wanted to turn the place where the Washington Wizards play into a sports book. And I thought to myself, okay, if arenas are casinos now, well, then everything else that we get with it, we're just gonna have to deal with. I honestly think that in 15 years, this will be the kind of thing that people get suspended for, like, monthly in the NFL. And right now, it's just a matter of us accepting, you know, as much as it might seem unsavory, Courtney, this is America right now. Sports betting is the biggest thing driving what we're doing. It's
1: going absolutely nowhere with as much money as it's making Monica. Yeah, I mean we all consume sports and you can't get through four commercials without three of them being about gambling. So it's definitely here to stay. But I actually thought about this and the replica or the I should say the ripple effect maybe for other commissioners of other leagues, right? Like the way that we consume sports in general has changed around gambling. And so I just wonder what other leagues are thinking in terms of what needs to be in their CBAs, how they're talking to their athletes, and honestly, even down to the collegiate level.
0: I wasn't paying attention to what you said cuz I was looking at how cool I look when I lean against this. It's like the Tony Lean. But I'll give you a The mask anyway. too. That's perfect. All right, let's move on. What's happening? Sticky situation for Mets ace Max Scherzer after being tossed Wednesday when a sticky substance was discovered on his hand. MLB announcing he'd be suspended the customary 10 games for the infraction. Scherzer, who so adamantly denied any wrongdoing that he swore on his kids that he didn't cheat, has dropped his appeal of the suspension. Clinton, this has you all over it. Not the cheating, just the baseball. Where are you today on Scherzer?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Enough with the drama, Max. I mean, you're walking around the dugout in the field with your hands out like a five-year-old. You make $40 million a year. If you get caught with the sticky stuff on your fingers, get off the field and come back without it. That's not what happened here. He's going to this, talking about your kids. What do your kids have to do with this? Absolutely nothing. Play baseball. Something that's apparently proving different.
0: Well, as a parent, I think what you just said was cheesy, so I'm not gonna agree with you on that one, but I will give you at least one or two points for that. Monica.
1: Thank you. Um, So here's the thing, right? Like, he was warned. Phil is a guy that has obviously caught guys in this before. It is pretty serious when it comes to the sticky stuff, tacky stuff, whatever that is. But Scherzer had the opportunity to go wash his hands, empty out your pockets, clean it up, and he still pressed the issue. Of course you pulled your appeal back, dude, because you had a chance to clean it up in-game. Harry Lyles.
3: I just fully appreciate when somebody gets so mad. It's always funny where they forget how to act and where they're at. I completely appreciate that from extras. There's two things here. One, I cannot wait until his kids are of age to where they are using the internet and give us the video of them reacting to their dad making this promise. <laughs> the other thing is that, of course, he came back on it because the Mets wanted him to because he will come back May 1st and then he will be available to play against the Atlanta Braves. We know in the NL East, every single game in that division matters.
4: And lastly, Courtney. Stop putting your team in a bind. I mean, after he got ejected from this game, they had to use five pitchers to secure a victory. And on top of that, their rotation right now is lacking guys. Justin Verlander's in playing, Jose Quintana, Carlos Carrasco. And this is somebody who has been injured throughout his career and cost his team in that manner. Adapt and adjust.
0: Never really been ejected, as he liked to remind us time and time again. And now I've got to do math here. Courtney? Thank you so much, bye-bye. Yates, I really appreciate you so much, and you can go. We've got a showdown going on after this, and I'm being told that there'll be mud involved? No, just a regular showdown? Okay, cool, that's next. (laughs) Showdown time, shall we? In the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Rangers are up 2-0 on New Jersey after another dominating road win. And not to shame the devil, but they're being outscored 10 goals to 2. Harry, more impressed by the Rangers or disappointed in New Jersey?
3: Definitely more impressed by the Rangers. I know that we expected them to be good this postseason, but to open a series by outscoring them 10-2 and winning both games is incredibly impressive. Can't take anything away from them there.
1: The energy is top tier around Madison Square Garden, I must say, but definitely more impressed with the Rangers. This was a team that couldn't defend the rush to save their lives during the course of the regular season, and that's where the Devils excelled. In the first two games, the Rangers have made disciplined adjustments on defense and shut the Devils down. Yeah, the Devils say they can get back
0: in this thing, but we all know the Devil is a lie. The
1: Devil? The point goes <laughs> to
0: you, Monica. To baseball, where they're cosplaying is soccer players now. Pirates catcher Austin Hedges realizes his throw to second's gonna land in the stands, so he does this. What any self respecting athlete would do flops to
1: get an <laughs> interference call. And you know what? It worked. Monica, fair or foul? You know, I gotta go with fair on this one. The ends justify the means. Like, it's not his fault that he's an award winning actor, clearly, as a catcher.
3: It's 100% fair. And honestly, it's even better because where are they going to go do? Review that play? Manu Ginobili was somewhere watching this game, thrilled at the artistry that we saw right there.
0: Yeah, I actually thought Marcus Smart was a better comp there. And because of that, Harry Lyles mm. Jr., I'm going to give it to my girl, Monica. You've got your FaceTime, baby. Let's go.
1: Woo! Well first, shout out to our illustrious host, dressed like the mask, in case you missed some of her jokes (laughs) to begin the show. Elle, you did a great job. Also, wanna show love to my alma mater, who just hired Tasha Butts as the new women's basketball head coach. A couple years back, the entire women's basketball world rallied around Tasha as she navigated her battle with breast cancer. She has overcome that and now is a first-time head coach at my alma mater. I'm pumped, go Tasha. Get some girls out the basement, we got some work to do. Mm. You better represent that Georgetown brand. We
0: love that, Monica. That's gonna do it, folks. That does it for me. Pretty sure I'm never going to be after that. Big moment here with the plane. Thank you so Good much. And as such, we're on a 71 and a half hour break. Tony will be back. For now, we take off. Ah!